Hey, what's up, guys? This is Brad. This is Miles. And welcome to the house. Live from the Book Nook, welcome inside the house and a happy Thanksgiving week to all. Dude, I'm so glad it's Thanksgiving. We got good food, good company, and most importantly, a lot of freaking football. A lot of freaking football. A lot of stuff to get into. Uh, let's go ahead and recap the action from last week. I'll tell you right now, uh, college treated us much better. Yes. Uh, last week, the week before last was rough. This week, we came in, we came in clutch, and we did our thing. I think our most interesting game was the Michigan-Wisconsin game because that was one that we disagreed on. Yeah. Um, and Wisconsin uh, ends up covering. They win 24-10. to 10. They cover the 7.5. Uh, so that was a win for me and a oh. loss for you. Yeah, it's kind of rough. Michigan's offense didn't show up, man, and they lost Peters. Yeah, it kind of – I don't even think with Peters they would have covered just because Wisconsin just looks so much more dominant. And Wisconsin's defense is what should have been talked about. Definitely. Uh, how about the UCF Knights? Uh, easy cover for easy us. Cover. Easy cover. It was a 14-point spread, 45-19. Uh, Knights come away with the win, and uh, that was one we agreed on. One that got us, and I'm disappointed in this one, UCLA-USC – uh, USC wins 28-23. They were 16.5-point favorites. Yeah, a part of me wanted to go with UCLA, and I, 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 don't, I thought that I wanted UCLA to, to cover the spread because I like Josh Rosen, not that they were actually more even than I could imagine. And you know, the rivalry game that happens sometimes. For sure. And then we had uh, one that you were really confident on, and I as well, because we agreed that Texas A&M would cover yeah. plus three against Ole Miss, and they pull away the victory 31-24. I believe this was also one of your dogs. Yes, uh, Texas A&M was one of my dogs. I just saw on paper Texas A&M was the better team. All right, and moving over to the NFL, we had another great week in the NFL. Holy crap, we right. did pretty well. The only game that I want to talk about for a second, well, that, that, that got us, was the Rams and the Vikings. Um, so Vikings 24, Rams 7. You and I have both had Rams plus 2. Is this an isolated incident for the Rams? or is I think it is. Um, I think it's hard to expect Jared Goff to play at a high level every single game. we got to remember he's still young. He's still growing. The team's taking their lumps. And, I mean, they held him to seven points under 300 yards of total offense. That hasn't happened in almost seven weeks for the Rams. Yeah, and the Vikings defense is quietly one of the best units in the NFL. Yeah, and it looks like they're figuring out the run game too. So the next three games you and I both agreed on, and we, we had a 6-0 record in these games combined. This is where the money was at. Patriots minus seven against the Raiders. They won 33-8. to eight. Took it all day. Um, the, the Raiders, they, they just might as well wrap it up. They, they have no chance to make the playoffs in my mind, and Patriots are just that much better. Did you see the overcorrection that Vegas made on the line this week for the Patriots? I think it's, <laughs> I guess, the Dolphins 17 and a half. After... I guess they said, we're not losing money again. That was back-to-back -back low spreads. <laughs> back and they back, just said, yeah. okay, let's They're fix like, that. Uh, okay, 17 points. I, th I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, it's um, Philadelphia, Dallas, uh, it was close at halftime. The Philadelphia ends up covering three points, 37 to nine. That was pretty easy. Dallas, once again, doesn't have a run game. And once you have a run game, they know they know you're throwing the ball, and Eagles D stepped up. And finally, anyone could have seen this coming, but I don't think anyone saw Peterman throwing five picks. Chargers win against the Bills. They cover a four-point spread, 54-25. to The experiment gone wrong. What I, what I love what you asked was, who was getting punished? Uh, was it Tyrod Taylor getting punished, or was it Peterman? Because they threw him in, into the doghouse. Definitely. So uh, a combined record of 5-2 and two when we agreed on the games last week, which was pretty good. It's pretty uh, doggone good. Yeah, and even more telling stat, we're doing especially well in the NFL the last two weeks when we agree. We are 6-0. and oh. I think that any listener should definitely put their money down when we talk about NFL, especially if we're agreeing. 
For sure, for sure. So let's go ahead and uh, get into the war on I-4. Woo! So first of all, playoff committee, you just threw USF the biggest middle finger. I know that they haven't beat anybody with a above 500 record, but also the team is 9-1. and one. It's not their – the schedule, their conference is their conference. They are better than a lot of those three-loss teams. For sure, and uh, I think that the couple of the teams ahead of them to me were a little questionable – yeah. Uh, but at the same time, for the committee, it's about the conference they're playing in. Yes, definitely. That's all it is. It's the level of competition you're playing. Who cares about the record? And they're they're showing that by ranking uh, UCF 15. Big time. So I know we're excited for this game. We're going to be out there. Yeah, we're going to uh, be tailgating. tailgating. Yep, we're going to be out there with uh, UCF problems, hanging out with them, and see what trouble we can get into. We're going to go to the game as well. You and I will both be in the student section. Yes, we will. This fun. This will be great. Uh, the bounce house. So UCF against USF, uh, nine and a half point favorites. The Knights are 6-3-1 against the spread this year. Yes. And I feel like this is like our third or fourth time talking about the Knights. Uh, they've treated us well, especially last week. At home, this is not a typo. At home, this offense is averaging 57.2 points per game. Oh, my God. And I think this is going to be an easy cover for them. That What's crazy is the offense is scoring a lot of points, but they're still hold, holding teams under 21 points a game. Right, exactly. And that was uh, – last week was uh, – one of the games I really got to watch this defense closely. Yeah. And the way that they responded to Temple going right down the field on them in the first quarter, or I believe it might have been the second quarter, yeah. but they shut them down the rest of the game. The offense took over. It's like once uh, Milton gets in rhythm, it's, he's unstoppable. It's lights out. The, the quick passes is what's what's really going. And that defense, Shaquille Griffin got a pick. I mean, he's the one-hand wonder. And, and that's not me making fun of him. That man has one hand, and he's freaking great. He's tremendous. And the more I think about it, the more I'm going to change my original score prediction. I've got UCF scoring 42. I've only got USF scoring 20. Okay, wow. Uh, I have 45-21 UCF. I mean, USF hasn't looked good in their last two games. Uh, last game they played, they only scored three points in the second half. They almost blew the game. It's almost like they've just lost steam throughout the season. I mean, we're still talking about a 9-1 and one team or a 10-1 and one team. Yeah. But can Quentin Flowers in this offense keep up with the Knights? I don't think so. That loss to uh, Houston was deflating for them. I really Big think time. so. I mean, they were at home. Nobody showed up. It, it, it's kind of one of those things, like, it's okay when you lose and you have the support of your fans because then you know you're going to bounce back. But when you look at an empty stadium at a home game and you lose, where do you find that passion? Where do you find that fire? And let me ask you, out of Temple – Navy and USF. Is this even the toughest team they've played in the conference? Because I don't think so. No, I, I definitely don't think so. I think that Memphis at home Memphis. and at Navy both were tougher games. Yeah, this this might be a game that looks extremely lopsided. So I wanted to highlight this. Uh, I know a while back when we were high on USF, I, I said that they gotta they gotta get some discipline. And I was thinking, I was like, I know that they're the most penalized team, um, penalties average per game, which at nine point three. This is a Charlie Strong thing. So. Last year, in the bottom third, or top third, however you want to look at it, of most penalized teams was Texas. And when, I mean, when Charlie Strong was there, and when Charlie Strong was their coach, they were averaging 7.1 penalties per game. I think this is going to be a, a sloppy game because it's a rivalry game. USF's going to, they're going to run the ball. They're going to have some success, but ultimately UCF's going to annihilate them. This is an interesting point that you brought up. So, so we're talking about discipline. Yes. And when we're talking about discipline, we're talking about, um, you know, a Scott Frost team that is efficient. Efficient. Running like a well-oiled machine. It, it's, it's kind of like putting up a really good typist versus someone who lied on their resume to get the job as a typist. Like who's going to who's going to produce most words per minute? It's it's a stretch of an exagger uh, of a 
of an analyzation, but that's how I see it. It's a well-oiled machine versus the old Chevy that you, that looks good. And we both have blowouts. Yes, we do. USF, uh, final point here, they have failed to cover in four straight games, and I don't think they're covering on Friday. So, um, guys, we know this is a super letdown. Milton did not get any love in the um, awards After we were finalists. just talking about the yeah, I thought that he, that he, he, he should have. And um, so is Scott Frost staying or is he going? What do you think? I think he's going. I think, unfortunately, he's going. And let's just hope that his – because he put together a great team. Let's just hope that the next person who comes in can keep that momentum. Yeah, just keep letting it ride. There's too many good jobs available right now. Just starting yeah. with Florida and UCLA, whichever one Chip Kelly doesn't decide to take. Yeah, it's you know why would he not? Why why would he not? Um, we'll see. Us, and, us as fans, we gotta realize that this is just a stepping stone for right. him, and, and and that's perfectly fine until UCF can get in a Power Five conference. Yeah, and Brad, this is why we have to enjoy. Friday, while we can, this yes. is a big, big game for yes. the Knights. Um, big game for Orlando. What's crazy is I, I made a misstep on Facebook and I said, "Who's tailgating tomorrow from downtown?" Because I want to catch a ride. And one of my buddies, he graduated from USF. He's like, everyone's ragging on me. He said, "Give, give him a break. Give him a break because it's not too often where you can be excited about UCF going in and knowing they're going to beat USF." Big time. It's true, and I'm, ex- I'm. I've been hearing from a lot of Knights fans. There's a lot of hate in this rivalry. Yes, there from, is. From what I've heard. Yes, there is. Those who go to USF couldn't get into UCF. So, there you go. The Iron Bowl is our next game. <laughs> I'll let you start this one. That's my heart beating out of my chest. Why should I be afraid? I mean, I'm just looking at it on paper. First, let's go with. I'm gonna go with. I have Alabama minus four and a half. Um, Although I think it's going to be a close one, I do have Alabama pulling away. I I just think about the difference, the difference makers. Yeah, Auburn's D-line's good, but even though Alabama looked rough against Mississippi State, they're still the number one defense in the nation. But what do you add to the number one defense in the nation to make them an even better team? Make them the number two offense in the nation. That I just think that on paper, they're so much better. 41 points a game is a lot. I want to talk about Jalen Hurts because yes. I want to tell you that last year I was very skeptical of him as a quarterback. And especially in the title game, I just didn't think he had it. Uh, I thought Scarborough kind of took over that game and I wasn't seeing the plays from Hurts. Yeah. But after watching him over the course of the year yeah. and seeing how he responded in Starksville against Mississippi State. Jalen Hurts is the difference in this game. It's the plays that he can make when the pressure is on. Yeah. Third down, fourth down. When Alabama is down, when they need to respond, I believe in him to get that job done. I'm not saying that Stidham isn't having a good year. I just I just don't see that from him. I think Hurts is the difference. What's really great about Hurts, too, I wasn't even going to bring this up because, I mean, we played Mercer last week. Um, Hurts didn't throw one incompletion. All complete passes before they pulled him. It's impressive. No look ahead for him. He's so focused. He's so mature. Uh, great quarterback to watch. He has a really good grasp of this offense. Yeah. This may be his toughest game of the Maybe of his his toughest game, And I think Alabama's defense is going gonna, is gonna to step up. We finally have found our Mike linebacker. I mean, we lost, we lost a lot of players, and we experimented with a lot of players. And we threw in Holcomb. And don't get me wrong. Holcomb did what he needed to as a backup linebacker. But that game against Mississippi State where he only had one tackle was a big, a big red flag. We threw Dylan Moses into the fire. Granite's first Mercer. The man played lights out. If we were rating the game, he'd be as close to a five-star rating as you possibly could. 
and I'm, I'm really happy about that. So I just want to go ahead and give credit where credit's due, too. Mika Fitzpatrick is helping a lot, too. Um, he's up for defensive back of the year and defensive player of the year, and I think it's a pretty good chance that he will win both. I've got Alabama covering 20-13. Uh, to 13. Alabama has not lost a conference road game since October 4th of 2013. Yeah, and um, so one thing that I was researching while I was researching this game, I just wanted to see what the coach of uh, Mercer said because he played both teams. Yeah. And he thinks that Alabama is just a better team. And going back to the Jalen Hurts argument, uh, the Tigers limited uh, Georgia to 46 rushing yards on 32 attempts. Yeah. And that's where why I think Hurts is going to, you know, uh, have to be the one to respond. Yeah. And I think he has that ability. 16-0 as a starter in SEC play. Forced Jared Stidham in those third and seven, third and eights, and he's not going to be able to respond. I think that's what the Bama defense is going to do. Yeah. The crowd's going to be there. It's going to be a close game. I'm not betting against Bama. In this no game. way. There's no way I could do that. And uh, let's hope that we roll them over and it's a fun game, but we also, we also let the fans get some action. So now we're going to go ahead and transition into the game oh god the this would be the game if it was last year now this is gonna be the blowout <laughs> holy crap ohio state and michigan everyone on uh in columbus on ohio state's campus is uh putting red tape over all the m's on campus <laughs> we're ready to blow out the wolverines uh the line right now minus 11 and a half toward the buckeyes i believe it's been years since michigan has faced a double digit spread yeah Ohio State 7-3 and three against the spread in its last 10 games against Michigan. Wow. And I'm going to tell you my life as a Buckeye fan, I have only seen the Wolverines beat the Buckeyes three times. And that's going back to the 90s when it felt like Michigan beat us every single year. Yeah. But I guess my point is there's no fear from the Buckeyes. We know we're going to go in to the big house, and we know we're going to win. All you have to do is look at the game two years ago when we used our power running game. Yeah. To win 42-13 to when Michigan had no answer, this is the worst Michigan team we faced under Harbaugh. Yeah. And we're going to do the same thing. They're saying that it could be down to a, what would that be, the fourth string quarterback with yeah, no so, experience? Yeah, so, right. I saw that, and I saw that, that they have uh, two other options uh, besides O'Korn. Yeah. But I'm telling you right now, um, Harbaugh's not starting anybody besides O'Korn. Yeah, well, it's still, it's still not said that Peters I, isn't going to play. Uh, right, so. right. But – the chances aren't very good. Yeah, no, they still in concussion protocol. Um, I just want to go ahead and highlight this. Michigan versus last two ranked opponents, god awful. 13 to 42, 10 to 24. Both on the road. Both on the road. But but I like I, that you highlighted those games. They're only two tough Yeah, opponents. that's what I was I, I don't mind the road games that much and I don't think that Michigan's offense is comparable enough to make the fact that they're playing at home matter. So that that's just my opinion. I have a big, big victory for you guys. 42-13. And 13 to me is giving Michigan some extra points just because they're at home. 13 was almost my point total for Michigan, but I see Ohio State 38-7. to Yeah. Because like you said, right, we're, we're looking at the whole year, right? Yeah. Has Michigan given us any inkling to tell me that they're going to move the ball? No. Against this Ohio State defense that held the Spartans to three points. It's got awful. And then I, I was looking at Wisconsin versus Michigan, and I'm just thinking, man, Ohio State's offense is so much better than Wisconsin, and they're going to eat them alive. I mean, with J.K. Dobbins and Mike Weber, how can you honestly think they're going to stop them? I have them written down as they, they will be the difference in the game. Oh, 100%. Dobbins and Weber are going to control the game yes. together. Barrett's not going to have to do too much no. here. And that's when we're at our best. It's when there's not so much pressure on Barrett. 
Because you don't really know what you're going to get from him. He responded against Penn State. He didn't against Iowa. Let's so. uh, well, let's go ahead and and give Barrett his credit. Uh, what is the first player in Big Ten history to throw 100 touchdowns? Congratulations, big time. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's even going to matter if he shows up or not. It's it's this matchup so one sided that I think even 11 and a half points is kind of generous to the betters. Ohio State averaging 546 yards per game. Uh, Michigan, we, we know they have one of the best defenses in the country. Um, John O'Corn, one touchdown, five picks God. this season. Yeah, I saw How that. How is he going like, to be able garbage. to even move the ball? Uh, what? Let's think about this. I know last year's game was exciting in overtime, and but that that was a team that had 12 different players for uh, Michigan. What player on Michigan are you afraid of? None I, of I, can't, them. I can't honestly think of one where I'd be afraid of them. None of them. And that's the difference. I could think of four players off the top of my head who could be the difference maker. I got three on the offense side of the ball and one on defense. Any of those four players can be the difference maker. What are you going to tell me? Gray for a freaking Michigan who who can barely be consistent is going to be the difference maker? No. I'm not seeing it. So after, after talking about the Iron Bowl and the game, uh, if anybody wants to call us out for being homers, please come back at us. <laughs> give us some uh, give us some games yeah, to talk about. Give us some games to talk about. Give us uh, your uh, opinion there. All right, moving on. Uh, I'm I, You know, for some reason, I've just been really excited uh, when I saw this game and picked this game because over the past two weeks, I've read quite a few articles about Lane Kiffin and his Florida Atlantic Owls. So I'm like, you know what? I want to pick that game this So week. when you pick this game, I, I don't even know if you know this, but one of my homies – Jeff Driscoll, his little brother plays for FAU. Jason Driscoll. Yes. Yeah. And I, I was super excited to talk about him. First of all, congratulations on the success, the success, Jason. Like, you took the you took the reins at the beginning of the season and you've ran with it. I, I'm I'm sure everyone at Oviedo, everyone in Oviedo is more than proud of you. And the second thing that I thought when I saw this game that you slated for us was, come on, Miles. I don't know nothing. <laughs> Nothing about Charlotte. I don't. I couldn't even tell you what conference Charlotte's in. <laughs> I was like Charlotte. So let's go ahead and go with your analysis of the game first, and then we'll go with mine. So I want to start it off with uh, another hashtag blind resume. Okay. Thought this was pretty interesting. I'll keep it short this time. Keep it brief. We're talking about two offenses. Number one, four hundred seventy-three yards a game, two hundred eighty rushing yards per okay. game. Okay. Pretty good. Uh, team number two, five hundred twenty-three yards per game. And 200 yards on the ground. So team number two has a better passing offense. Yeah. Team number one is FAU. Okay. Number two, UCF. Wow. We've been talking about the UCF offense all year. This Florida Atlantic offense is putting together similar numbers. Devin Singletary, 24 rushing touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor going to New York for the Heisman uh, ceremony, 12 rushing touchdowns. Yeah. We could talk about conferences all you want. I get yeah, it. Yeah, it doesn't 10, matter. You're running the ball. You're putting your boots on and playing just like anybody else. And I agree with you. And Lane Kiffin has brought a whole new swagger to FAU. Big time. That and bogus it's swagger. It's 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 crazy. Good for him. Look at the last four games they played. Last four games they have what? Florida versus Western Kentucky, who's not Florida, Florida Atlantic versus Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky's a good program. 40, 42 to 28. Marshall game was close, whatever. 30-25. But then you move over to Louisiana Tech, which is another solid program. 48-23. And then FAU. FIU versus FAU. 
52 to 24. They, they, they're destroying people. Yeah, and those were the games that I looked at as well. And then I realized that this line really surprised me because I think 21 and a half points, which they're favored to buy, I think it's an easy cover. I've got FAU rolling again, 45-17. Yep, I have FAU, and uh, I want to give you my analysis of Charlotte. So what would any brilliant mind like myself do when uh, they're faced with adversity? I went ahead and I Googled Charlotte versus FAU. And I, this is what this is what Google told me. The 49ers would like to just avoid being blown out in another game. <laughs> the 49ers defense in the last outing gave up 66 points to Southern Mississippi. Let's talk about LeMay. On the season, LeMay has been able to carry the ball for only 60 687 yards, and that's on 127 carries. That's enough I need to know. They can't run the ball. They give up a lot of points. Shout out to FAU. Easy cover. 21 and a half points is a lot. Maybe Lane Kiffin will do something crazy like he did last time they didn't cover, like freaking take a safety and we'll screw you guys all. It will screw all you guys, or maybe it's just another easy Some of his easy quotes cover. this year have been ruthless. I remember one of them was about fourth and two. We're up by 25. Yeah. Put your foot down. We're going for it. Yeah. I mean, and he's got that attitude in this team, and they would follow him to the end of, to the end of the earth. Yeah, what he's doing is he's, he's bringing that, that excitement back. He's, wanting, he's letting these kids know just because you go to FAU, that's not a downgrade. There's nothing wrong with going to play at FAU. He's got them believing in themselves. You are a football player. This is your stage, your podium. You get up there, and you make a stand, and you play football. You do what you got to do. Bring the swagger back. And it doesn't hurt that FAU is 8-3 and three against the spread this year. Yep. I like my money on that. And, and, and two of the games where they didn't cover were kind of crappy. Like, they, they should have covered and something something strange happened. And, I mean, that's flukes. It's, it's betting. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to our college football picks. Up next, we will have our NFL breakdown and underdogs of the week. All right. So, let's move over to the... NFL. We're going to start with uh, Turkey Day game. Minnesota versus Detroit. The line is two points uh, in the favor towards Minnesota. And I'm going to tell you this, Miles. Clean up until an hour ago. I didn't know who I was going to pick. I, I want to go with history of Detroit having that long drought that they had on Thanksgiving games. Also want to go with history and Detroit beat them in the last matchup. For me, I was I was torn, but then I thought about it. The last five games Minnesota had, they were five and zero against the spread. I'm going with Minnesota minus two. I was in a similar situation where I went back and forth on who I was going to pick for this game, and I finally gave in because I've been against the Vikings. But it's time to believe. It's time to believe Minnesota minus two. And the Lions, the Lions are winners of four straight games on Thanksgiving. Yes. They beat the Vikings last year, 16-13. Obviously, a very different Vikings team. Yes. I've got the Vikings winning 34-27. to Adam Thielen, second in the NFL with 916 receiving yards. Case Keenum, best passer rating of his career. Yes. Jared McKinnon and Latavius Murray filling the void left by rookie starting quarterback. Finally figuring uh, it out. Running back Dalvin Cook, sorry. And uh, Stephon Diggs. Has scored three touchdowns on third down, which I thought was pretty cool. Good for second in the NFL. They're, my point of naming all the players was is that they have so many options yeah. and so much pressure off of Case Keenum. That he, he just has to, to, he just has to play football. Do his thing. Yeah. I, I love it. And um, 
what I was alluding to, I know they they won their last four Thanksgiving games. Before that, I think they lost like their uh, their original eight. Right. So if, if if people who are listening didn't understand what I was meaning, that's right. what I was. Well, growing up, I I don't remember the Lions winning on Thanksgiving ever. Yeah, yeah, that was and um, I'm I'm surprised a little at your score prediction, um, just because the last meeting was such a low scoring game. But, yeah, but. The quarterback play in the last meeting was was god awful. I think the highest completion percentage out of either quarterback was fifty three percent, and I don't think that'll happen again. And now Case Keenum's in his rhythm, right. but what I'm afraid of when I was doing my score prediction was I'm afraid that Detroit's not going to score enough. Detroit has struggled against some very bad teams recently, even that games against the Browns. I my score prediction is thirty to thirteen. You have a blowout on Thanksgiving. Why? Day. It's Thanksgiving. I, I know they're on the road. But that game against the Rams, that changed me inside. I mean, they, these guys even beat the Saints. Well, that goes back to our question of was that an isolated incident or was it a trend? Okay, I'm gonna separate. I'm gonna separate the two. Okay. I think it was an isolated incident for the Rams, but a trend for the Vikings. But a trend for the Vikings. The Vikings are trending up. They're looking more and more like a serious contender. Well, Detroit may have. A really weak running game, but they still have a top five offense. Yes, they do. With uh, Stafford at the helm. Um, and let's check on Stafford's hip. Uh, he looks like he was battling some hip issues, and if he gets put on his butt too much, he he might he might be in trouble. But one thing that also changes my mind that was I was flirting with back and forth was now that uh, the Seahawks lost, that wild card spot is so much more obtainable. Uh, I think Detroit's only a half game behind. The yeah. Seahawks. Well, and if Detroit, yeah, can it's it's find a, a way to win here, they're only a game back in the division. Yeah, put your money where your heart is, and I'm putting my money on my fantasy team. I have Stefan Diggs, I have Thielen, and I have Latavius Murray on the bench. And I like the point that you brought up about the Rams game. Uh, we're talking about the Rams being the highest scoring team, and they they hold them to seven, seven points? points. You got to be kidding me. It's hard to bet against the Vikings at this point, especially when we're only talking about a two-point spread. Yeah, two-point. They don't even they kick a field goal. They win the game. Yeah. All right, game number two. Yeah, let's go with uh, Chicago at Philadelphia. So I'm going to go ahead and put this up, up here. 11 points is a lot. But Philadelphia has the benefit of being at home. And what I think they're 7-0 and against the spread on this win streak. They're playing well. Impressive uh, in Dallas on Sunday night. They better not overlook the Bears because yes. the Bears have been competitive. And Trubisky is actually finally playing some some good football. How about this? How about 60% completion percentage in his last two games and no picks? Yes, I'm loving it. One thing that's going to hurt that team is not having Leonard Floyd, though, uh, on the other side of the ball. And that's a big loss. That's a really big loss. I think that this should be an easy cover if Philadelphia takes it as it is. If they take it as another game instead of – just fly by night game and just overlook and looking forward because they can easily, easily. I could see every every scenario where they get upset by by the Bears, but I don't I think do realistically that happens. I don't think their run game's good enough. Even though the Bears added Inman, I don't think Inman's enough for them to to make a difference in the passing game. And I mean, my money's on the Green Machine, the Green Hair Man. What's that? What's that dude's name? Freaking out there balling on defense. God, Lee. Eagles have covered eight games in a row, so we think that trend will continue. Yeah. Because I agree with you. I think it's a cover. I think it's a closer cover. Like a 
12 like, to like 12 points. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at about 26 to 14 uh, because I think the Bears can uh, slow down the pace a little bit, which yep. the Cowboys were not able to do. Yeah. But look for Philadelphia to win this game and cover the spread. Yeah, I, I think Philadelphia is gonna gonna win this game. Um, I have it a twenty one point victory. Okay. The only reason I'm saying that is because I know the Bears' defense is not bad, but losing Leonard Floyd and also their offense not being that efficient. When you're a run first offense and you don't have a quarterback who can consistently move the ball down the field, it, it slows you down. They're only averaging seventy points a game. So I have this 35 to 14, and I know I'm throwing out a lot of touchdown numbers at you guys, but I also don't think <laughs> – god dang, I can't be able to do this. I'm so sorry, Bears fans. <laughs> I don't think they have an answer at kicker. I, Cairo Santos, I know they just signed him. They, they, they cut Connor Barth, but the reason Cairo Santos was dropped was because he got injured. You just think he's miraculously healed now? I think the kicking game's still not reliable. Who do you think is the bigger, the biggest factor in the Eagles' offense? They're number three in total offense behind just the Saints and the Patriots. Do you think it really is because it's not? It's their it's their rushing uh, yards per game. Yeah, better than that. So is it Wentz? Is it uh, the the emergence of a Jai? Is it what is going on in this offense that makes them so successful? I just think there's so many players on that offense that are overlooked. Like. Even you said it yourself. When you went and you talked about Minnesota, you highlighted all these players like Thielen, Diggs, Latavius Murray, McKinnon. But no one's talking about how Alshon Jeffries finally has a quarterback that can throw to him, and he's playing at a high level. No one's talking about the Aguilar stretching the field. No one's talking about Ajayi. Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz. When he's healthy. Even Zach Ertz unhealthy is still a difference. Like last game, he didn't get a lot of looks, but – the defense has to focus on him yeah. because he's there. And they still have Brent Selleck. Yeah. I mean, they, they, it, but, and, and so, Trey Burton as well. Yeah. I like that word you used, overlooked. And they're playing well as a team. Yeah, they are. That that Dallas game was, was big to me, especially when they pulled away. Because I was like, oh, oh. Maybe Dallas isn't that bad or maybe they're not that good. But then they shut us down. They shut us down big time. So I, I, I think it's a, it's a combination of everything. Like you look at Carson Wentz this year. He's only thrown five interceptions. Last year – he had 14. Big uh, maturation out of the second-year quarterback, yes, for sure. Uh, so moving on, we have uh, the Carolina Panthers and the New York Jets. Carolina on the road. They are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, I'm going to – God, man. I don't think – I think the Jets have covered every single game at home this season. But Cam Newton is the difference maker in this one to me. If you were to tell me, pick a quarterback with better yards and better touchdowns in this game between the two, I'm going with Cam Newton. I don't care that he's on the road. The Panthers are looking like one of the best teams in the league right now. Yes, they are. They're catching fire at the right time. Yes, and I put money on the Panthers winning the Super Bowl because I'm a crazy idiot and I love value at plus 2,200. Wow. I mean, that's not a bad bet when you've got a former MVP at quarterback yeah. and a defense – Allowing just 14.5 points per game over their past four games. Yes. Number two in total defense behind the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes. And they have a better offense yes, than they the Jags do. do. A lot better offense. And what I'm looking at is I don't know the identity that the Jets have because sometimes McCown goes out there and, and he's lighting it up and they're throwing the ball a lot. And sometimes it's the running game. But then if you take a second and you actually watch the film of the Jets games, it's not that they're running the ball exceptionally well. It's they run the ball – Okay, even I'll even give them like a below C average, and then they have one explosive play. They're not consistently moving the ball down the field. And that game against Tampa Bay, 
I lost all faith in the Jets after watching that game. That I, I'm a Bucks fan, guys. I don't care if you know that I'm not. I'm a Bucks fan. I'm not giving props to the Bucks for winning that game. I'm giving all shame on the Jets for losing because the Bucks didn't do anything offensively. And the Jets got owned on defense. Yeah, I've got Carolina winning 31-17. Devin Funches have a couple of games. Five catches, 86 yards. Five catches, 92 yards, and two touchdowns. Yep. Has Cam found his number one wide receiver target? So, Sorry, I... I just realized they're also getting Greg Olson back this week. They're, yeah, they're getting Greg Olson back this week. So, uh, and Cam Newton in an interview when they when asked about losing um, Kevin Benjamin, he was like, "Yeah, it, it hurts, it sucks, but what am I gonna do? I'm gonna just keep playing football, and I have full confidence these guys will step up." And Fun's out there balling. And Christian McCaffrey last two games, twenty touches, ninety four yards, and a touchdown. Eight touches, 50 yards, and a touchdown. Perfect compliment, I think, to Jonathan Stewart. Yes, and with saying perfect compliment, Jonathan Stewart had his first 100-yard game last game. Yeah. And so He's still getting the bulk of the carries. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, but, I mean, I have a 28-17 victory. All right. Well, that's seven in a row that we've agreed on. I think we're going to make some money this weekend. Oh, man, if we agree on this one. So this is the next <laughs> game we're talking about, the New York Giants versus the Washington Redskins. Washington Redskins minus seven. Seven to me at first was a lot of points, and I wanted to put my money on the New York Giants, but I don't care that they upset Kansas City. I think the Redskins, this is just at this moment, are playing better and they're a better team than Kansas City. I have Washington Redskins minus seven. I have Washington Redskins minus seven, (laughs) and I want to set the stage. The Redskins played really well last week. They gave up a 16-point lead with just over three minutes to go yes. against the Saints. Heartbreaker. The Giants hold the Chiefs to nine points and win in overtime. Don't know how they did that. So I guess my point is I want to put those games aside and just look at the overall picture here. Yeah, definitely. The Giants, Sterling Shepard listed as questionable. Yes. They have no receivers. Evan Ingram had one catch last week. Yes. Who is Eli going to throw to? Now, the Redskins did lose Chris Thompson. But he was only averaging 43 yards a game in his last three games. Yeah, it, I don't he think wasn't he was making the difference that much maker. of a difference. Um, one thing that you said that I want to touch back on is I, I have this guy, one of my buddies named Ray. He always He's one of the most brilliant betting minds that I know because he, he puts things in a logical standpoint. He said normally when teams blow their load, they're going to get destroyed the next game. Big victories for, for bad teams are normally result in a team not covering the spread. That big victory over the Chiefs is not going to be followed up with another big victory versus the Redskins. Absolutely not. They're going to go back. Their load is sprayed all over the table. They're going to go what back. To... <laughs> That's what he, he he told me that. All right, he yeah. He goes, team blow their load. Quite they can't recharge. Okay. And, I mean, I know Washington's not been, been doing super great against the spread this year, but I'm going with Washington minus seven, even – 68% of the betting public has Washington minus seven. I got 24-16 on uh, Thanksgiving night. I don't have a point total for this one because it is Thanksgiving night. I don't know if Shepard's going to play. Shepard's going to make a difference. Let's paint this picture here. At the beginning of the season, before the season started, everyone was talking about how stacked the Giants are at wide receiver. OBJ, Brandon Marshall, Sterling Shepard. This could be another game where he didn't play with all three again. Eagles right. Eli throwing the ball too. Evan Ingram's getting doubled. I have the Redskins. Should be a pretty easy cover. Um, 
One thing I also want to throw out that I could see a high-scoring game here. Both teams are giving up a considerable amount of points for the amount of points they score. But at the same time, it could be another low-scoring game. We'll see. Uh, the last two games, the Redskins scored over 30 points. So, uh, Giants can't keep up. Kirk Cousins is playing well. I mean, he, he has uh, weapons emerging. Uh, Jameson Crowder, Josh Doxson, uh, Vernon Davis, they're stepping up in the absence of the Jordan Reeds and Terrell Pryor. And uh, I'm a huge Kirk Cousins fan. Me too. Uh, Brad, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think I've told you that before. Huge fan, uh, bi uh, Big Ten guy. He plays with fire. Yeah. I think he's playing well. So, I'm, uh, I'm looking for the Redskins to make, to make a little run here. Yeah, definitely. And you know how we've been talking about uh, how good the Saints' defense is. Let's not take away the fact that Kirk Cousins just threw for three touchdowns on such a good defense. Yeah. So And, and they should have won that game. Yes, they, they definitely should have won that game. They blew it. So, I know we're wrapping up uh, NFL talk, and it's such a sad moment when we stop talking about the NFL and college football. But we are moving over to my favorite part of the segment. The dogs. The dog it dogs. Because I am back, back, back in control. I, oh man, I'm so excited this happened because I was a little nervous. I was like, have I lost my touch? Have I gone, a, oh, gone away? I, what, what has happened? But no, actually, Miles, I am so excited because, you just tell them. I, I, I want to hear it from you. What happened last week? Um, so you had a couple of good calls last yes, week. Yes, I did. Uh, your point total sits at 67. Woo-hoo-hoo. I think we're just going to call this your segment. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to change it from the dog section to we're going to change it to the dog section featuring Brad Thomas. And I just want to go ahead and highlight how confident I was in that Mizzou pick. That Mizzou game was outrageous. Missouri was too easy. That was too easy. And then the Texas A&M, I, I thought they just picked the wrong, the wrong, under, the wrong uh, favorite there. So I know your strategy now is to – Pick my dogs because you're getting whooped so bad that you want to poach what teams I pick. So I'll go first so you can have a chance, okay? First of all, I called Massachusetts over BYU last week. <laughs> I'm just trying credit to let you – credit just, is due. And first of all, I, I will you give you credit. bitch. Miles, I will give you all the credit because I remember looking at that game and seeing – watching it. I was like, how the hell did Miles pick Massachusetts? <laughs> I was like, this man is pulling rabbits out of his hat. Wow, wow. <laughs> So I'm sitting at 39 points, so a hefty 28-point deficit. It's not over till it's over, but go ahead. This week might be a little tough for you. What so. do you got? Man. All right. I'm going to start with the NFL first just because I didn't want to pick this game. Am I reading this correctly? The Chargers are the underdogs to Dallas? I think after last week, Chargers defense made a statement that stopped taking them so lightly because they've been solid all year. I think I have Chargers over Dallas, four points. Four points? Four whole four Damn, holes. I like that one. Okay, so my next one I'm going to move over. Man, this is a tricky, tricky game because Clemson has their eyes, their sights set on. Are you about to do what I think you're about to do? They have their eyes set on the ACC championship, but they got to go to South Carolina and play Muschamp's great defensive team. They're playing well. Playing real well. And what, how about and the three? Gamecocks getting in the college football playoff rankings? Yes, they're 8-3. and three. I have them winning over Clemson at a 16-point dog. That would be so wonderful for the Buckeyes' playoff chances. I'm oh, all about yeah, it. it would. And this last one here is uh, – I was down to, between these last two, and, and I just – so, guys, I, I just want to put this out there before I pick my next dog. I like rooting for Duke just because I, I normally think they play with heart, 
but I, but I can't honestly pick Duke over Wake Forest. I just think Wake Forest is a better program. So I'm going to go with Washington State over Washington in Washington, 10.5 points. Washington, Jake Browning, I don't know. Jake Browning got laid too much over the summer because now he's a household name, and he just doesn't have it or what. I'm going with Washington State or Washington, 10.5 points. All right. I'm going to start with Washington State over Washington on my side, <laughs> and we're just going to get that one out of the way. You think that too? Right? Am I, am I crazy thinking well, that you know, Jake it, Browning's it, not It's there? very rare that you and I come up with the same dog. I believe last time it happened, it was Louisville over Florida State. Yeah. I mean, just the fact that it was so many points, and we're talking about two ranked teams, and Washington State played really well against Stanford yes, a couple weeks ago. they did. And to, to your point, Browning hasn't been playing that well. Yeah. So, cool. I'm all about that one. Uh, number two, I've got another upset. Um, Virginia over Virginia Tech. I like that a lot. Yeah. I, I looked at that. It's at Virginia, right? Uh, I think it's Virginia. I think the yeah, Hokies it's, do have yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was at Virginia Tech? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, after the way they, they played against Miami. and That should have been their game. It should have been their game. VTech hasn't been playing well at all since, yeah. uh, since the uh, loss to Clemson. Uh, and Miami, for that matter. And number three, um, I don't think I've had any in the SEC this year. Uh, speaking of Missouri, Arkansas plus 12 <laughs> over the Missouri Tigers. So I'm going with the Razorbacks. I, I was looking at that game too, but then I, I just think that Missouri is just so much a better team. And, and Allen's not good. And uh, Bielma got fired. It's just too much going on in Arkansas for, for them. Uh, I, but I, like, I respect your dogs. So can I just say – uh, now is the time of season to be thankful. Yes. And uh, I wanted to say that I am thankful for this podcast. Very thankful. And uh, I think awesome. I think it's a cool thing what we're doing, uh, both chasing our dream here. I mean, this is something I wanted to do for a really long time. Yeah, I, I share that sentiment. And I think going into 2018, I'm just excited to see uh, where we can go, uh, keep arguing, and uh, maybe I can catch up to you in the dogs one day. Um, we'll we'll see if we can reset it, but uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. Maybe when we move over to basketball, that might be yours. When we do the dogs for basketball, I just see one thing that I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for not having to eat the triple McFish at the end of the season because I think I see that in your future. All right, there's still some time left, <laughs> guys. Thank you so much for for listening. Um, if you could follow us on Twitter, that's at Best the House. I'm not spelling it this time because by now you should know it. That's at best the house. Keep your eyes peeled because we might have a little surprise on Twitter for our oh, Twitter followers. Oh, really? Yes, a little surprise might be coming. So keep your eyes on our Twitter. Um, can you rate us, uh, comment, retweet? Anything helps. Everything is wonderful. And let us know uh, anyone who's going to be out uh, by UCF on Friday. Yeah, we'll uh, be tailgating send if you us guys a are line. there. Yeah, set yeah. us set, set us up. We'll 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 holler at you guys. We'll take some pictures. Uh, I mean. Heck, we might even get you guys on one of these shows one of these days. You never know. Hope everyone has a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. And uh, eat lots of food, drink lots of beer, and watch lots of football. Peace out. Peace out.